RJ, I couldn't have said it better myself. Here do come the Buffalo Sabres. They are less than a month away. We are at training camp, and it is Crossing Swords Podcast. I'm Maniac. We are here with Gatesy. We are here with intern Vinny and Dwayne Omania. Of course, gents, how good does it feel to be back on the fringe of blue and gold? It seemed like a lifetime since we've all been together. I'm happy to see everyone's faces, and I'm ready for the Sabre season to get going here. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a long, long time. I feel like since we've the four of us have been even on a show together, even in Sabres season. So I'm glad the four of us are back, and I'm glad the Sabres are almost back. It's a good time to be a sports fan in Western New York. Yeah, uh, I got my first taste of it uh, this past weekend with uh, producer Steve at uh, uh, the Prospects Challenge here in Buffalo, where they host it every year. Um, we're lucky enough to have that event, uh, and I can say. Seeing them go undefeated, the speed and not just the speed, but almost some to somewhat the violent nature of some of these players, uh, so, uh, a type of type of hockey, a type of brand of hockey we haven't seen out of this team in a while. Um, I'm super excited um, to see kids like Yuri Kulik and uh, Tyson Kozak and Matt Savoy maybe challenge uh, to maybe make these decisions for Kevin M. The training camp uh, and Don Gennaro a lot harder than maybe we expected. And let's face it, I know they're not all number one overall picks, but with what OP showed down the stretch last year, it is going to be whoever is producing in that blue and gold sweater is going to be making this roster come next month. But let's get into it. The big news of Wednesday, obviously, the Kevin extension. I'm not going to lie, guys. I have been a champion of Kevin Adams. This should have been like me buying Bitcoin in 2012. Like I should have said, but I got to be honest, guys, I'm nervous for my boy Kevin here. I feel like with this extension, you know, we talked about the hypothetical expectations uh, that were going to be at the beginning of this season, you know, Granado and Kevin for the first time. But I think they're bigger than ever with this extension. I'm very happy for Kevin. I think he has done the underlying things and has made a lot of good moves. But yeah, I went from being super excited quickly to like kind of I was gulping. I was nervous, Gatesy. Yeah, I mean, even with Granado, Granado came in with the interim tag and now has, you know, full control of the ship there. I mean, even when Kevin came in, the whole fan base was always here to fail, to pop out of the Pagulas, and he's really... I was one of them. Yeah, I proved me wrong as well, and he's he's made some great moves, and now the pressure's on. People believe in him, the city believes in him, the team's almost there. Now what does he do now to get the team ready? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think I agree that I was not a fan of that hire originally. Now, I did like Don. I thought Donnie Meatballs was a fantastic hire. I shouldn't say fantastic. I thought it was solid. I wasn't like in love with it. But I, yeah, I don't was go neat. dropping fantastic yeah, no, I, I can't, when you only think I, it's solid. No, I thought it was solid. You know, I thought it was, you know, just, just all right. Uh, but this has turned out to be above expectations. And certain people will say that when you have your expectations in the gutter, uh, anything above the gutter is just a real nice time. And I think that's probably where a lot of Sabres fans were mentally. But I think this this front office has sort of brought people up and continued to surprise and, and bring good things. So I'm interested to see, I don't know this off the top of my head, who was the last front office, uh, like, person, so like, Outside of obviously, you got Brandon being a Trump McDermott on the Bills side. Mm-hmm. Before them, and then before now, who was the last front office person at Buffalo to get extended? I mean, it's got to be like 
eight or nine years, maybe even a decade. It it's got to be Darcy, like right? Right, you know? Dwayne? Yeah, it has. Darcy comes to mind. <clears throat> I don't think Botterill was. Uh, I don't think Botterill ever did, even though. He never got an extension, but he no, did he get he did get a uh, oh, a quote said, of faith for sure. Yeah, he said publicly she gave him a uh, you know, you know, uh, a quoted that they should they had faith in him and that that his job was safe. Um, Tim Murray, no. Yeah, it would have. It would probably be Darcy. It would probably be Darcy. But here, here's my thing. I'm not worried at all for Kevin because, and I saw this point made on Twitter earlier, and I agree with it, and uh, I'll add to it. Um, the worst thing you can make Kevin go through is feel like he's in a pressure cooker and have him make decisions based on the fear of his job. Let him just keep doing what he's been doing. So make him feel comfortable, make his job, like make, give him some job security, put some more change in his pocket um, and let him just keep doing what he's been doing. Because with the very few, very few instances where I kind of, eh, it wasn't. I wouldn't say I wasn't happy with the decision, but I wish he would have did something a little bit different. Um, I've been really happy. I've been happy with the job he's done. And why make him feel? Why why make him have make? Why have him make decisions uh, under the impression that his job could be on the line? Kind of like Botterill did with the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Like he's got to hit that one out of the park. You know, um, we saw what he did under pressure with Jack Eichel. Um, at first, was it what everybody wanted in return? No, but it wasn't an easy situation for him to be in. And right now, it looks like he's headed out of the park. You got Noah Oslin with the with the draft pick after uh, Vegas missed the playoffs. You got uh, Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck in the deal. And Alex Tuck is probably the only guy in the NHL last year at that time who, after being traded from a cup contender to the worst team in the National Hockey League, had that big of a smile on his face. So that guy is going to do wonders for your locker room. So I am completely fine with the extension just because I want him to have some security and be able to make decisions based on based on how he really feels rather than I have to make a good decision here because my job could be literally on the line right now. Not that he can't get fired. Of course he can get fired. But at least right now he feels like there's some security there for him. And he can really go through the entire process of thinking it through rather than be reactionary. And like, I have to do this now or else, you know, I yeah, yeah, no I unemployment line tomorrow. No right. panic picks coming from Kevin with a Y. That's for sure. Yeah. But the so vibe is right. Go Vinny. No, I just was saying, I just wanted to jump in here with some information. Uh, er, Mid January, 2013 was when Darcy got extended. So we are quite literally approaching the 10-year oh, anniversary. On. Hold on. I got bad news. I got bad Uh-oh. news. I'm sorry. Did they rescind his extension today? Nope. Just I got now? bad news. I got bad news. Uh, Murray signed a sleeper <laughs> extension in 2016. I cannot believe that. At, which you can't believe. You know what started running in my mind, though? He was sending out so many contracts. He was doing so many moves. I'm like, did he, like, get an extension somewhere? I think it was only a two-year extension. Now, this is the hysterical part, though. Wait with us, folks. Hold on. Is this going to work? Get in here. I guess it's a vote of confidence so you can get a deal done and don't have to wait till June 30. I wasn't printing out any resumes or anything like that, but no, it feels good, and it was a pretty simple process. And then you look at it, Tim Murray... Maybe he should have been printing out resumes. Yeah. <laughs> so he, his extension gave him what? Another 
season. Bought, it, he literally got an extension and was fired the next year. Right. So, so did it, so like here's another. So like we see this all the time in contracts, right? Your extension like is signed before your contract is up. Sometimes was his contract up on? Yeah, because he said like you don't have to wait till June thirtieth, right? So yep. his contract was expiring in twenty sixteen. They gave him a two-year extension, which would have gone till 2018, but they cut him 365 days short, and then it is his tenure in 2017. I actually remember this now because um, because they fired him on 420. Dan Bilesma was the coach. Um, I remember talking about it after they were both fired on the same day. Um, by was it Bilesma? Yeah, it was Bilesma and and um, Tim Murray. I believe were both fired on the same day. Correct. It was a combo job. 420, yeah, 420, 420 2017. They smoked their asses. Talking, they smoked their asses, Dwayne. Yeah, I remember talking about uh talking about it with somebody at work about how he just signed an extension and it's crazy that they're going through another GM already. Um and this was obviously on the heels of the LaFontaine debacle and how he was forced out of the organization. Um already another coach. It was just it this was, was the this was the birth of the narrative that like how many people are the Pagulas paying right now that they're they're not even in the building. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It was wild, and um, I remember just kind of being in disbelief because it was like I understand like the season went off the rails and everything, but you still had great pieces in place. You still had Ryan O'Reilly. You had Jack Eichel. You know, um, I this might have been. Um, was this the year they finished? Uh, not, I'm not camera if they finished. I think they finished in last or second to last, and they won the the Ra- the Rasmus Dahlin lottery. Might have been. Might have been. Yeah, I, I, I think they finished last the Dahlin year. I don't think they jumped yeah. to get that pick. S- I think we sadly, sadly, it's just a very like easy prediction, like to be or guess to be like, did they finish last that year? Yeah. Yeah, probably, it was yeah. like the bottom three almost every year for like. Yeah, at least five or six years in a row. Pretty much. Well, hey, we're done with those bottom feeding feelings. Yeah. And that's because this roster is piecing together. We saw what during the last third of last season, they were on a hundred plus point pace. Those aren't making up numbers. Those are scientific. Well, I, I don't think that's going to happen this year just because, you know, Ooh. I, I don't know. <laughs> Not a hundred plus points this year, Zach. No, 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 no. Two hundred plus points here's, then. Here's my, yeah. Here's my prediction. <laughs> You know, from a Bills fan, fan fanhood standpoint, during those drought years, you remember those graphics you'd always see on TV during playoff standings and you'd see in the hunt, the Bills would always be in the hunt. That's where I think the Sabres are going to be this year. They're always going to be like in the hunt. They're going to be eight, 10 points back, you know, kind of like, you know, where they were when I made that phone call into WGR 550. They were like eight to 10 points back and then they just completely shit themselves you know, I don't know how many games in a row and that resulting in that phone call. But here's the thing. Um, you're going to have better goaltending, I think, in Eric Comrie. Um, I think he, he had a goalie with something to prove. Um, much like Carter Hutton, his first season with us, because if many people might remember Carter Hutton, when he was first brought into Buffalo, like his first like half of the season, he played on his head. Mm-hmm. He was like a big reason why we won those 10 games in a row. Like, Carter Hutton played out of his mind. And then, obviously, you know, the Titanic hit the iceberg and we all we all drowned, pretty much. Um, but I think Comrie has something to prove, you know, playing behind Connor Hellebuck for as long as he did. 
Um, and he's going to come and bring that and bring that winning uh, winning desire to Buffalo because he has something to prove. He wants to be a starting goalie. He doesn't just want to be a bridge goalie. He wants to be a full-time starting goalie. He doesn't want to be the guy that gets us a Devin Levi or Eric Portillo. He wants to be the guy. So I think that's where your goaltending is going to be better. You're going to get a full season of Owen Power. And I think personally, you just don't hand that that an open roster spot to Jack Quinn. I think you make JJ Paterka and him fight, but battle it out in training camp because as much as I love uh, Jack Quinn's ability to score, I love JJ Paterka's 200 foot game. He's a very responsible two way hockey player. And if you're going to ask me who's more rounded, uh, who's more ready to, to win for a winning hockey team, I think I would pick JJ Paterka before I pick Jack Quinn. Just my opinion. So let me ask you, so you don't expect the Sabres to try to keep them playing together? You assume that they would take one or the other? I feel like though that's I, a unit they would try to keep together. I, well, I, I would like I would like to do that, but they signed Vinny Henestroza. They still have Anders Bjork on this on this on this roster. Like there's there, there's there, there's the, one of those guys could be the victim of just not, there not being enough roster spots. And that's where I think these two should Nobody should be just handed a roster spot, even them two. Like, they should have to fight it out. And Jack Quinn did not have a good playoff in Rochester. He There was a lot of expectations for him, especially how they battled to get into the playoffs. Um, and he was a no-show, while J.J. Paterka did play well. So um, Wasn't he injured? I feel like half their team was injured. I don't know if Paterka was injured, no. Well, I know Paterka wasn't injured. I said, I think Quinn was oh, injured. Oh, yeah, they dealt with yeah. But Jack Quinn played because he played. I, I want to say he played a game or two at the tail end for Buffalo. Yeah, I mean we say that all the time though in the playoff. Like this happens every NHL playoffs, and obviously the Sabers. This we're not you know the AHL playoffs and the NHL playoffs are a little bit different. But I think we see that every playoffs where you have a team, you know, maybe losing the second round, and it's like, oh, by the way, our best player had a broken ankle and a stretch fracture in his neck, and our goalie was playing with a shattered elbow the entire time. And uh, we actually had a, the, you know, our best defenseman was missing an eyeball and we had a glass one in and we played the entire playoffs like that. Like I, you, you see, obviously I'm being facetious, but Carter Hutton's actually the only NHL goalie to play with two glass eyeballs. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Um, But like in all seriousness, you see that all the time where these teams make playoff runs and, and you might say they have players that are um, sort of invisible, but I feel like then it comes out like, oh, they actually had a broken finger, uh, you know, stress fracture in their wrist or something. And that comes out afterwards. Um, but we knew at the time of the playoffs, like Samuelson was injured, which is why he didn't yep. play for them. And I think I'm pretty sure Quinn was injured as well as like two other big pieces for that team. And that's part of the reason that they um, they lost in such heartbreaking fashion. They were missing a lot of team. Quinn, you are 100% correct about uh, Samuelson. I can't yeah. remember on Quinn though, but – I remember him. I remember vividly him scoring a pretty nice goal uh, up with us uh, from the from the one faceoff dot. I want to say it was a power play goal, or maybe maybe it was a, a great chance. I can't remember, but um, but regardless, I do remember him having a very disappointing playoff for for Rochester, uh, where Paterka again, as he was very consistent all season, he he also was a point of game player. Um, whereas I think Quinn missed a lot of time earlier in the season with an injury. I remember that for sure. I just can't remember if that carried over into the playoffs. So we got Dwayne with the improved goaltending. I guess that shouldn't be a shocker. We got we got Vinny with the Quinn and Paterka keeping them together. That's his storyline. What do you got for us, Gatesy? What are you looking at going into the season where every storyline is going to be under a microscope with these expectations? 
it's going to be consistency. I think in the past 10 years, it's been 11 years since the Sabres have reached 40 wins in a season. The only way they come close to that is not having these stretches of three, four, five games where they completely disappear, hit a slump. Like they'll have, I feel like every season now they've gone on these stretches where they'll start to build some momentum, win some games. And then next thing you know, they, they double that total in losses the following two weeks. It's, it's real able this group to, you know, hunker down if they have a bad game, not have it snowball us anything more. And I think that this team is where they're at right now. They can finally cross that step and, and really start to string some wins together and, and play well for all 82 games. Seriously. And speaking of 82 games, we will be with you for all 82 games of this Sabre season. A little housekeeping real quick, but some stuff we're super excited about. Speaking of the roster and the teams, we will be breaking down the roster, the team. We'll be drafting Sabres. Maybe we'll be drafting some Rochester Americans. We will be putting them on our own personal roster and tracking them throughout the season. And speaking of tracking throughout the season, the CSP pick standings. We alluded to it. We will have a system, whether it's predicting a Sabres win that night, predicting a Sabres blowout, all kinds of things will be factored in. We will be tracking all season. But before we get taken away, before we get carried away, syllabus day, boys? Anything stick out? Anything, any big takeaways? Jeff Skinner had a big smile out, uh, as is pretty standard. If Jeff Skinner's smile ever goes away, that's when I go away. Uh, I don't want to live in a world where we don't have Jeff Skinner's smile. You're making nine mil a year. I hope to see that smile. <laughs> you better be smiling. Yeah. I saw a lot of flash. I'm actually obligated too. to smile. I, I have to say I am sort of, imp- I shouldn't say impressed, but it, it uh, it's a bit of humanity knowing that Tage is uh, – his best part of his offseason was having a literal human child and not receiving a boatload of money from the Sabres. Yeah, I mean, he really put that baby over. I mean, a $50 million contract. Yeah. I'm sorry. If I have a baby, my baby is going to grow up in a mansion and understand that my favorite summer memory was signing that $50 million contract. Brand name diapers for that. Like, are you guy? serious? That's Stop sure. being so selfish, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, the one thing that sticks out to me here, and I love these, and I think they're always fun. Uh, but, I mean, the flat and the drum, like, drawings, first off, you never see a drum like that. That drum yeah. is out of, like, the Flintstones. Like, yeah, no. you know what I mean? And that flat, is that a piece of bacon, or is that a, a flat chicken wing? I mean, my goodness. It did seem that everybody was partial to the flats either way, though. It's, you know, I don't know if they were going just off the dr- If I'm going off those drawings, I'm taking the drum. But but I think in, in real life... It also depends on where they're coming from. But I, but we're not talking about what I want. It's what they want. And it seemed to me that the, the Buffalo Sabres are, uh, prefer the flats when it comes to their uh, chicken wings. But I don't why, know. Why did Tuck autograph his card? Because <laughs> he knows it's going to be worth a lot someday. Yeah. That is true. Like, I, I mean, I, how much would you pay for that right now? 75 $6 maybe. I don't really have a lot of money. 75 so Bitcoins? Tough. He knows how hype. 75 Tage Coins? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a pretty fair estimate. He knows how he knows how hyped the fan base is after seeing him in uh, down at the Stadium uh, on Monday night. So he knows uh, what anything he autographs is going to be worth some change. Well, folks, I think if there's one thing we all agree on right now, as of September 21st, thinking in there how great it is to be in Buffalo. It's great to be in Buffalo. Not bad, not bad. Thank you, Donnie. Make sure you are following us on. YouTube. Make sure you're following us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, 
we obviously got it all rocking. Last but not least, did you guys see that there's a little discrepancy? I can't pull it up here, but I did. Darlene had the fun fact that he he's the best tennis player on the team, and then Dylan Cousins filled his out. The actual, all caps, actual. There was even. I mean, I mean, I hate to see this locker room getting divided so early. There was even more discrepancy between Linus Weissback and somebody else. Uh, There was like a ping pong controversy or something. Mm Um, it seems like there's some tensions early and, and if we, the guy. Know, I don't want to take that too, too, uh, into too much of account. It seems like it could be a serious issue though. We, it's a developing story. We should keep an eye on our eye there, on. There's a guy that's got to put up or shut up this year is white Linus Weisenbach. He's on his third training camp and you always see the flashes from him either at development camp or in training camp, but he can never really put it together. I think this is the year it's really put up or shut up. If you want to like ever be in the nhl i don't care how great it looks uh and i couldn't agree more uh truly again a lot going on because there's a clearly controversy and you know conflict all over this roster yeah. so we'll see if they can overcome it in basically three weeks uh yeah. until they're playing wow. a game uh three wow. weeks and a, and a day i believe uh, they'll be opening up against the ottawa centers key bank center will be rocking uh you love to see that needless to say i mean people are wondering will producer burrs be in the house Let's go Buffalo. But huge shout out to everybody here on the Crossing Swords this season. By the way, one last housekeeping item before we sign off, Jensen. You guys can uh, shout out or uh, get any last words in here. Uh, We will be doing a podcast basically weekly. uh, If it ends up being a crazy Buffalo sports week in the fall, it could potentially get pushed. But we're doing our best to make sure we'll get a Crossing Swords episode out. Every week, we'll kind of, we'll keep you, the audience, uh, informed of that. And for the most part, the expectation is a uh, Crossing Swords pregame show for every game uh, going forward this season. So super excited about that. What do we got, Ivy? Have we talked about the best part about the Sabres offseason so far? Is right here. Oh, that is true. I don't think we've talked about that yet. Very, very excited to relive a little bit of my childhood. Seriously, I mean, this is a generation I was talking about, it, and we'll uh, we can use this as kind of our sign off here. But I mean, you talk about the black and red. Obviously, you're growing up. The blue and gold was always what you heard about. All the great times they had that. Now that it's kind of our generation, it's more about the the Hashicks, the Pekas, the Audets, the Veradas, the Briers, the Drurys, the Afanaganovs, the Millers. Uh, yeah, that's what you think of when you see that jersey and that goat head. And you know, I can't wait to see the smoke coming out of those nostrils, baby. <laughs> It'd be nice if they they go all out, and I know I know it's a lot of work to get done, but if they melt the ice and put the uh, old Goathead logo at the center ice just for one night, that'd be that really that really make it all complete for me. I know it's probably asking for a lot, but yeah, Sabers don't have the money yeah. for that. People, people, Perhaps people, the jumbotron uh, yeah. as well. I mean, I know there are more people like me out there though, but the, the, the teams that played in those jerseys are the reason. Those teams are the reason why I fell in love with hockey. Like, do you guys think there's that, no chance that they get the goat head on the ice this season? I think there's a shot. I, I think there might be a shot. It's on the well. um, I don't know. I, I put it at two to one odds for for any one of the games. They'll get it out there. Maybe find for, a game uh, where it's the only one for a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why when they muff when they when they muff that uh, that punt on nineties night. That's why I was so pissed off because it's like the season was already bad enough as it was, and it was just like that's the one night I was looking forward to, and then they screwed it up, and it's just like they roll out Alexi Zhitnik with a friggin' crooked goat head on a knockoff jersey, and they're taking. Yeah, you loved that. Yeah, it was that that picture is epic. That I'm sorry. There is no better picture from the drought era, in my opinion, that best exemplifies this organization. 
the last like 10 years in that picture because it's just like, it's just, you know, it was such a layup, you know, to make the fans happy. And then you rolled the alumni out in these ad pro sports knockoffs that you couldn't even get the, the logo level at all. So, um, but I'm, I'm ecstatic. I can't wait uh, to get my hands on one. I can't wait to rep my Hashik or maybe I'll go really old school and get my size medium LaFontaine on for that night. We'll see. But uh, I can't wait to be there. Um, it's going to really love a lot of memories. Maybe I'll go with my dad for that night. And, uh, uh, you know, the guy who got me into hockey um, took me my first Sabres game. And, like, I really live all the memories. The Derek plan overtime goal. You know, uh, are you ready, Legion of Doom? These guys are good, scary good. Um, the Matt Barnaby hat trick came on Mother's Day. Like, all the great, like, memories we have. Steve Shields. Steve Shields, Farian punches on God or Snow, or having it right in front of the like all of it, man. Like I can't wait to see the highlight reel videos they set they play that night. It's they 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 they, they get a second chance here and they better knock it out of the park. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. I trust I trust Kevin and I trust Donnie. I don't know if I trust the Sabres the rest of the Sabres uh fan engagement organization development planning team yet. Is that the what? official title? No, I have. I like. I don't. I. It's a. It's a group of probably like seventy-five people that all have these little different, very important jobs, uh, and I'm sure a lot of them have fantastic ideas. But I haven't seen them put into practice enough yet to know uh, that they're going to surprise us by putting something cool on the ice or putting different logos on the jumbotron. So, I'm going to take the uh, the no on the the plus one fifty for uh for the will the ice be changed that today this uh you are I, i'm so disappointed in you the the sabers in arena crew is going to be pristine this season yeah. um and it's going to power them to a 96 point season and they are going to the playoffs and we're back uh gates you got anything to take us home yeah i mean i'm just excited for hockey to be back it's been a long summer you know get the boys back here crossing swords back at it and the sabers team you know they always start off hot Hopefully they can continue that that streak this year and continue it all year long. And I'm excited to watch 82 games of this team for the first time in a long time. And I will say, I, I have we have talked about how there's pressure on this team, you know, over the two or three years, you know, on Granado and Adams at this point. I will say that in the Buffalo sphere, there couldn't be any less pressure on yeah. them with the Bills currently cruising as Super Bowl favorites in September. So this is a great opportunity for the Sabres to get in, play some low pressure hockey fill that arena and make some noise heading into November, December, and eventually this season where January, February really starts. Huge shout out to our panel here joining. Make sure you're following them on Twitter. Dwayne S39, Cristiano 3 Gatesy35, block at Zach Sheldon when you get the opportunity. <laughs> just like we will be blocking shots all season, just like we will be doing pregame shows, just like we will be doing the podcast. Make sure you're tuning along. Huge shout out to you, and it's only three words. Let's go. Buffalo.